you're about to go off the grid with Tony on the Dr. Brace's Network. Stay tuned. What's up, everybody? You're checking out the Off the Grid Podcast on the Dr. Brayson Network. I'm your host, Tony, coming to you here on this good old Thursday afternoon. It's Thursday morning, I'm bringing you another episode. So you can find this podcast, like many other podcasts, on almost any podcast reader. That includes Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Spotify. Once you go there, sign up for the Dr. Brayson Network. If you only want the Off the Grid podcast, search Off the Grid podcast. Either way, subscribe to either one of those podcast feeds there to get this show and get it in your rotation. Now you check us out and you'll catch my voice discussing various topics of entertainment and random thoughts that are on my mind. Just giving you a little feedback of the way I think and the way things work around here. And then you feel free to chime in. I welcome any kind of feedback that you may give. I have voicemail. You hit 601 884-0125 again that's 601-884-0125 you can also hit that email off the grid at drbracer.com that's off da grid at drbracer.com come through there so leave a little message read it here on the show definitely go through our any one of our itunes or any one of our services there where you can receive the show you can leave reviews there leave comments on the post on the page and you can definitely do the other thing of sharing this out with your friends doing the various form, through the various forms of social media. Now, um, the last thing that you can do uh, is become a patron at our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Dr. Brace. If you go there, sign up. Little as $3 a month. I mean, little as a dollar a month. $3 a month to get your shout it out with my brother Trail, Teddy Funk, and MJ. And then if you want to do a little bit more, then you have the $10 range, which is the next level, which we'll be giving a little bit more perks soon. So if you're in the $10 range, we're going to start giving you some little freebies out there, just content just for you. We've sent out the password to those in that level, so now you can get passwords, and then I'm going to get the, the protected content, and then you also get some little nice stuff in your email every now and then through that site. So those are the ways you can help us out. That is all how you can do the best that you can be to you know to to put us on and now i'm going to take a quick break i'm going to come back and hit y'all with a very very long i'm gonna try to abbreviate it entertainment section uh is this really necessary knowing tyrone yeah what's that supposed to mean i need you to open a doorway and then walk through it you've never done that before have you i don't know how good i'm gonna be in there without my hoodie I've just learned to master it. You are humble as pie, Tyrone. It's adorable most of the time. But today is dangerous. Okay, today we need an emperor. Not the clothes. Look, I'm all in for pepping up Ty, but I, I mean, the only way that this door opens is when he's deathly afraid. Hold on, don't worry about that. All those people are missing, including your mom, I've never been more scared in my damn life. This doorway is on a timer. That timer is this one candle. So as long as it stays lit and I concentrate, you can come back. And if it goes out? You may be stuck in a world of despair for good. You'll keep us safe. Got you.
All right, y'all, welcome back, welcome back. It is time for the entertainment segment of the show. So let's do this thing rather quickly for y'all. So we're going to start out with um, the series finale in this season wrap-up of Game of Thrones. Um, it's been some time, it's been, I think this Sunday it'll be two weeks since Game of Thrones has ended. It's a finale, and you know, we let it cool off. And um, I'm still going to say I enjoyed this season. Could they have done things differently? Yes, they could have. Could they have made it better? Possibly. Could they have made it worse? Yes. So, with that being said, I'm excited with the way it ended. I mean, if you say this is the best possible ending they could have ever had, and there's nothing they could have done differently to make it better, then, okay. If you say, uh, this is the worst thing they could have done, and they never could have done anything worse, then... Okay, but a lot of people acting like this season was the worst possible outcome of anything just because nothing happened what he wanted to happen. I mean, did they do some, make some, take liberties with some of the characters? Yeah, but this is the world that has dragons and people that come back alive and shit like that. So, if they take liberties with the writing and don't explain the way people act, you know, I think people want to use logic and say, well, no normal person would act like that. Well, no normal person has ever seen a fucking dragon either, so... You know, if the if the if the outcome is I might get burned alive by a dragon, I might want to move a little differently in these streets. Then maybe logic is not something that you need to deal with. You know, I think we we really want to try to put ourselves in these characters' feet, but not understand that this world is something different. And you know, say what you want to say about it. It is what it is. And if you want to just go back to call stuff that happened in previous seasons, I just say hey. Well, in previous seasons, they were also working from the content of a book. And they, and you know, <laughs> you know the other thing that kills me too about people who do that? Because they do it with Star Wars too. I'm like, hey man, y'all, y'all get mad at people for creating something that's based on something else. Well, not even that. Star Wars isn't even a good comparison because Game of Thrones is based on a book. It has literary source material. You know what I'm saying? So, if they take liberties with the source material, whatever, cool. It is what it is. But, you know, it's not like Michael Bay just taking the Transformers and just doing whatever the fuck you want to do with them. Um, so, nobody took the throne because Drogon pretty much melted that hole. And Bran became the new king of Westeros. And they decided that they wanted to, from that point on... Um, select a king after each king died. So basically the king of Westeros became um a Supreme Court justice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so as long as the people in power they select them, got a little bit of uh sense about the head and the only difference about them is they the people that are selecting the king are not elected. They are just um people that are of each house. So, you know it's crazy because you did the democracy as far as who would be the king, but as far as the people who were in who were running each house, it's just left to whoever was put there. And then even on that, the king gets to appoint who's, you know, who's the lord of each house. I guess that's how it works. And we had a lot of families that when they started are not there anymore, and a lot of people who became lords. And it's crazy because um, Bron became the lord of what it was. Um, did he become the lords of, of Riverrun? No, he had he got a what's his name? He he got a 
the uh, the Tyrells castle. So he got their land. So that's what he that's what became his. And um, then he became the master of coin, which is crazy. So he's the lord of of their castle, and then he became the master of coin. So he's living in the main castle. So I mean, they did speed up a lot. They showed them do some repair. I mean, they called Home Depot to come in and. And fix up the castle and everything, so we got the castle all fixed up. And I'm guessing we we you know we we did a little gentrification of King's Landing and brought some more white people in there, you know, to raise the property value up a little bit. Um, so Danny got you know got got sliced up, got stabbed up real quick by Jon Snow, and Drogon took her off, you know, and who who knows where Drogon went to. He went probably went back to the land of the dragons in um, in Valeria, old Valeria. Who knows? Went back there. Jon Snow, who find out oh, we still keep call that man Jon Snow, but his real name is Aegon Targaryen. Um, he killed her, and he didn't get executed on the spot. Luckiest motherfucker alive. Um, he uh, he moved to moved north of the wall and was just like fuck this shit. I'm tired of picking up these extra jobs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm tired of y'all promoting me for jobs that I didn't want. I just wanted to be the greeter at Walmart. And y'all motherfuckers didn't want to let me do that. Uh, y'all kept giving me other shit to do. You made me the motherfucking, you know, frontline manager. You know, you made me the fucking deli manager. You made me the manager over the grocery side. And then you wanted, then, now you want to make me the store manager. And I'm like, fuck it, dog. I'm going to just take this shit. And I'm gonna go on here and um, get the fuck on up out of here, and just just leave and just sign and you know put in my notice and, and dip. Actually, didn't even put in a notice. Jon Snow just fucking walked out of the job. <laughs> he basically walked out on the job, dog. So whatever. But uh, before he walked out, you know, he took that store manager down that was tripping and shit to make sure they got another store manager in there. So I feel you, Jon Snow. I feel you real. I feel you very much on that that shit. Um. We had, uh, let's see, Tyrion lived through the entire series. You know, you know, he killed his his prostitute of a girlfriend. He killed his dad. I mean, if you want to say he killed his mom. He tried not to kill his brother and his sister, but mm, he kind of killed his brother. <laughs> he sent his brother in to save his sister. <laughs> so he kind of responsible for that. I know you're going to blame Danny, but if you didn't free him, he'd probably still be alive, though, you know. Probably would have been, and it is what it is. I mean, maybe maybe she wouldn't have been as mad, but you know, it is what it is. Um, he got lucky though because if Jon Snow hadn't killed her, he'd have been a dead ass in that motherfucker. He'd have been a dead motherfucker. Um, Grey Worm and Unsully packed up and left. Man, you know they came in, they did what they had to do. They didn't have no leader anymore. Them and the Dothraki got the fuck on down. And just like, oh shit, man, we came in here for a job. And now we gotta go home, man. They kind of like the Regis motherfucking inventory takers, man. Got the fuck on about it, man. They loaded up, jumping in their motherfucking ships and, and still the fuck on. They got the fuck on down. Um, and 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 like I said, if everything is a you know is a pretty good wrap up, you didn't want to do. I mean, you didn't know what you want to do with the show, so what no point in leaving it on some cliffhanger like, oh, well, what if we could come back and do this again? Like, let it be. And if they want to come back and tell a story later, they can. If not, it is what it is. I don't really care. It works well. It was fine for me. We sent Arya away. We let Sansa become the queen in the north. You know, she got that. Her 
son became the queen. I mean, her brother became the queen, the king in the south. You know, so the Starks worn all over the place. Arya, I guess she became the queen of the seas, um, even though she didn't want to be a queen. Uh, Gendry got him, got himself a castle. Everybody, you know, pretty much came up. Everybody came up that, that lived. So it wasn't no threat of people at that point in time or anybody upri- any kind of uprising, but hopefully everybody got along. I mean, because I think you, everything that led up to this point, even everything that led up to this point, you had the Targaryens that basically came and had the Mad King who fucking tormented everybody in the to join his kingdom with his dragons. And then when Robert came and, and ruled everything, he pretty much did the same thing. I mean, you remember that's the reason why uh, Theon, the, uh, the Great Joes, were mad. Because Robert and, and Ned came through and, and fucked them up. And then they took uh, Theon were like, yeah, um, when you die, your son will be fucking groomed through by, by Ned Stark to understand, to have allegiance to all of us. And not do the same shit that you did. So, that that was a pretty callous move by them. But they still had a little bit of dissension within the realm among all the people. And they left them dang on Targaryen kids run run loose. So, there's that. But, uh, for the most part, everybody's pretty much at, at, at peace with what they got there. Um, Next up, I had, I, I finally sat down and I watched The Nun. Uh, and I knew this, but I didn't notice going into it that it was part of the Conjuring universe. And let me tell you something. I enjoyed The Conjuring, that first movie, um, where we had those two, uh, 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 I guess, the, the supernatural experts going out and, and ex- you know exercising demons and shit. So we got them in the first one and the second one. And um, in the second one, we were, we, were, we were given this, we were shown this character. In the first one, we got Annabelle, of course. We saw Annabelle in the case. And they talked about Annabelle, so then we got the two Annabelle movies. And then this one, in the second, we got the figure of the nun in the picture frame. And um, we saw the nun moving throughout the house. And I kind of figured that's where this came from. So this story is about the uh, about an evil that was in a castle. So we have this convent here, and we have these ner- the nuns here that are in the, in the castle. And basically, they are trying their best, or they were put there to keep the evil from, you know, rising up out of the, out of the castle and everything. So we come here, man, and we get all these people in here. Well, we get this priest and this nun. Well, she's not quite a nun yet. I don't know what they call it before they become a nun. But the priest, and they go in. And he's trying to find out what's going on. He's a supernatural expert. Um, he going in, trying to figure out what's going on. And then we realize that the castle has been. The castle isn't possessed, but the evil is trying to get out. But it can't get out unless it possesses someone. And it tries to take the young lady's body. She takes her uh, vials and becomes a nun. So it tries to take her body. And um, it tried to take um, one of the last nuns left in the castle. And she killed herself before it could happen. So, and But so happy to do just discover her body out there and... And, you know, long and short. And I guess I should have said spoilers before, but if you're listening to this, then you should know that I'm going to probably talk about some of this stuff. And this movie been out for a long time. So, uh, I, I, I found enjoyment in that. It would have been a good movie to go check out, you know, on a, on a good good old Tuesday, a good old $5 Tuesday. 
to go sit down on a good old horror movie. It wasn't as frightening as, you know, it should have been. There was, I would say, I think more so frightening with me is when things happen, especially to, to women characters that seem kind of cringeworthy. And, but this one, I think this one got thrown up against the wall by, by the spirit or something. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that. It's kind of like when Intruder, with that one scene with Dennis Quaid and, and Megan Good, I was like, oh, please, Lord, don't put this on the screen. I don't even want y'all to tease this. Like this, that's horrible in and of itself, man. You know, I'm not a woman and want to be in that situation, but damn, that's horrible in and of itself. But yeah, I think the spirit like threw her up against the wall or threw her across the room or some shit. Um, eventually did possess the dude who brought them to the castle, who showed them how to get up there. Uh, it was in a dude got buried alive in this motherfucker. I think the chick got, got fucking a, a pentagon, a pentagram marked on her back. Um, a lot of shit happened, man. A lot of shit happened. Motherfucker got, got damn near cut in half when the beast threw him across the room and shit. Um... But it did, like I said, originally possess, and that's how it circled back to the Conjuring was they were there when the guy got older um, to exercise the demon that was in his body. And the demon um, had the, would put these upside down crosses in his flesh. So they exercised that demon in his body. So I'm pretty sure why well, them exercise that demon is how it got um, in their, you know, little room of, uh, uh, supernatural things, you know. Um, I haven't seen either one of the Annabelle's. But I gotta go check them out, man. I gotta go check the Annabelle's out. So, and then the newest one is the Curse of La Lorna, which is also a part of the Country Universe. So, I gotta go see that. And I don't remember that as being man. If you remember the first movie of the Country, they had a lot of shit in that room, like shit that they've encountered over the years. That they just kept as like little trinkets and little trophies. First off, it's stupid as fuck because if you believe in the supernatural and you believe in possession, why would you take the shit that's possessed and lock it in a room in your house? Well, we got it right here on the lock and key. Like, all oh, this shit get out, it's gonna fuck all of us up. So, that was that. Oh, and that's a crazy thing too because uh, that the nun character was the, the beat was, was like a sub-character in the country too they were trying to kill the husband like that the old dude possessed the house um that those people those white people lived in but the nun uh well the demon that possessed the you know possessed that dude was trying to kill the husband for some weird reason i, I guess he got out of the house and i think he got out because that wife went in there and it was fucking with her and shit but that's that so that, that's a good little little horror movie. There. It's not horror horror, but you know you can you get you can enjoy it. Um, another movie I want watch this. I enjoy it pretty decently. I don't think I would. I think I would need to be in the movie theater with a couple people to enjoy this. Kind of like with little, I'm like when the people came and just acted a fool. But what went? What men want? Taraji is in this thing. She's playing. I, I don't know why I thought they said her name was Ali, but her name was Ali. A dad named Ali, he was a boxer, so he named her Ali, which I guess whatever. Um She's uh she works at a sports agency and like they didn't over exaggerate it because I've seen like environments like this. I got 
we got we got a friend like this, man. We got somebody that works, you know, that's associated with the network like this, man. And she worked with a bunch of dudes, like, and then there's a bunch of white dudes. Like, there was some black dudes there. They're kind of like the extras in there, just like smile, nigga, act like you work here, act like you belong here. But the main characters were a bunch of white dudes, man. And she went to the sports agency with a bunch of white dudes. And you seen that thing like this, like, huh, this is a sports agency? Representing all these black clients with all these fucking white dudes around here? I mean, the one black woman here, and then she just rep- mainly representing Olympic athletes? What the fuck is going on here? That Brian Bosworth in this thing is basically the, the, the head honcho in this motherfucker. And um, it just all started out with them boxing her out. I mean, it's crazy because they use a lot of sports terms in there. And she's just like, uh, what a stupid dude. But sports term, no pun intended, they boxed her out of, you know, being a partner and everything. And even though she put in a lot more work than a lot of the dudes, it's just the fact of the matter that she wasn't a dude, you know. And in her, you know, her revenge tour, she got blessed with the powers to hear me in thoughts and, you know, she used that to her advantage. Now, they they started getting cute with the shit, trying to make it a story. And I think that's the part that kind of fucked up is, you know, she tried to get cute with it and, and just go with the thing of, well, I'm going to use these dudes to get what I want. And so I'm going to act like this dude right here that I had a one-night stand with that I ran up out the house when I saw his son and realized that he had been married. I ran out of his house. I'm going to act like he's my husband and he's not going to be like really onto it. Even though he did have the thoughts of this motherfucker crazy. <laughs> and, you know, when she heard those thoughts and she still just kind of like, I don't know. It's it just weird. It was a whole weird thing. And, you know, rather than just say, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. You can hear his thoughts. You could I mean, okay, it's this, this, I'm not trying to taint what they did, but they got, like, yeah, they got cute with this shit. And, you know, it's like, well, if she can hear his thoughts, she could just fucking tell him what what she's up to and then play her response based off what he's thinking in his head. Fuck his response. What does he say in his head? Like, he's like, look, I need you to do this thing for me. I need you to act like you're my husband, act like you're your kid, my son, so we can sign this athlete. If he be like, man, you lost your motherfucking mind, she could be like, I was just fucking playing with you and just do what the fuck you got to do. But either way, she got cute with the shit, and, and it, it's whatever. And I don't know what, I mean, the, I would say one of the funniest scenes in the movie, because, again, they got cute with themselves trying to take this real serious, trying to make this movie real serious. But, like I mentioned someone else, they had a scene where they're playing poker with Shaq, Grant Hill, and Mark Cuban. You know what I'm saying? Like, none of these motherfuckers would be in a room together, but we're doing this shit, whatever. You know, whatever we doing. So, y'all take yourself too serious on this thing. And uh, then the probably one of the funny scenes in the movie was her basically reading dude's thoughts at the wedding and just outing niggas in the wedding to the point where she had to lose her power because she got hit with a fucking flower base of all goddamn things. Either way, that part right there was pretty fucking funny and whatever. I mean, they they just had to do, they had to work something way in there to get her to lose her power to hear people's thoughts and the way she got us fuck fuck stupid too. I think she fell in the in a club when she was dancing or some shit. They old asses in the club, a little too old to be in the club, you know, having fucking perfectly fine conversations with a lot of music playing, you know, normal trope. 
Um, other movie, Escape Room, I watched that this morning. Um, it was basically a story about a bunch of soul survivors who, you know, survived freak accidents. Were selected to basically play this game of death. So they were all put into this, um, they were all put into this big ass escape room um, where the shit was fucking real. So every room was designed to kill them and they would escape a room and then they would get to the next one. When they get to the next one, they wouldn't again be taking the shit seriously. And even though they almost fucking died in the first one, nobody decided to say, let's take this shit just a little bit more seriously. Um, they kept on going, kept on going with it. And I think the other part that was fucking weird about it was each room was kind of designed around some shit that happened to them. Like, the first room, I want to say it was designed around the first dude that died. His whole family burned up in the house. And he was a whole survivor. Second one was the the dude that um, nearly froze to death, even though they wasn't on a boat, but they were they were in the cold, and they only had one coat, and they had to survive that room. And then the next room was was the the upside down room. They got into that, and. Um, the girl having to deal with the plane, being in a plane, and the plane was upside down, and watching everybody die. But they really didn't figure out until they got to the fourth room when they was in the hospitals and they seen everybody hospitals beds, and it had everybody information. And he started, to, and then they started to break down. Like, okay, so we're here because we're all soul survivors. You know, we all survived something tragic, and this is a game of who's the ultimate survivor out of everyone. Now. The other thing, too, that I found very interesting, I put this movie and the Saw movies and on the Belco experiment in this big-ass universe um, of just terrible people enjoying folks going through shit. Now, in Saw, of course, it was only, like, the fucking Puzzle Master, whatever the fuck his name was. The Jigsaw. 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 Damn, the Puzzle Master. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> the puzzle, <laughs> but yeah, Jigsaw man, he, he put him through that shit, man, and um, and uh, they were all going through that shit. Then you had the same thing with the Belco experiment, where they put all the people in the building. They basically wanted to see who had the fucking um, the alpha mentality to kill everybody and this one dude I mean dude this is a Belko experiment this is fucking gruesome because they were motherfucking because I was like you got to kill so many people in this amount of time and they were just lining up they were just murking motherfuckers dog because it went the opposite way away it should have went it should have just been a survival of the fittest where you're just going through and just uh, killing people but nah this one dude was just like okay me you you and you we're going to just round up all the week and we're going to kill all the week Till we get to that number, and it, well, I guess too at the same time you didn't understand that the end of the game was gonna be okay. Now we got down to this number. Whoever kills the most people, it will be the whole, the you know the overall winner. So the motherfuckers you not put on your team, so to speak, gonna end up being your enemy soon. So that's how the Belco went. And um, but Escape Room, the the uh, the little black girl man, she was just like being resilient man. So she you know she kind of worked it out. And uh, they thought she died. She broke all the cameras, so they thought she had died through the pop poisoning. 
But because she was smart and used the cameras, they didn't know she used fucking oxygen mask to save herself. So by her doing that, she was able to motherfucking attack them some bitches when they came in to clean up the dead bodies. Also, too, the crazy thing about this is everybody that died in the movie, they, um, everybody died in the escape room, they took the bodies and they planted them in freak accidents and then just, just for like, yeah, you know, like one dude drowns, like, yeah, he drowned, um, off the coast of such and such and this person died in a car accident, you know, kind of matched their injuries up so they can just get rid of them. I'm like, man, this is fucking crazy. But they set it up for a sequel. It's a little, left on a little cliffhanger, which was fucking ridiculous as shit. And, uh, so I don't even know if they supposed to make the motherfucking, uh, the plane into a fucking escape room or some shit. But either way, even if they do, so, are, are they trying to kill him or are they trying to give him a chance to survive? I don't know. I don't fucking know. All I know is I probably would have just took, I probably just rented me a car and drove across country that they probably would have cut the brake lines on and try to kill me or some shit. Who fucking knows? I don't know. Either way, uh, that was the escape room. Um, it's getting to the summertime, so it's getting to that time of the year where there's not as much on TV, so now I'm going to have to start binge watching stuff. I've seen She's Gotta Have It is back, so I gotta watch She's Gotta Have It. Um, I don't know what else is on Netflix I gotta watch, but if y'all out there listening, man, and there's something y'all want me to watch, this is the time of the year where you will send those suggestions, because between now and August or September, you know, I'm just gonna be kind of watching whatever, you know, just whatever comes out there. Uh, we'll take a quick break and then I'll be back. Jessica Watkins' Secret of a Side Bitch, the tale of one proverbial side chick and her quest to become the number one on somebody's roster. Simone. I hadn't seen much of Tammy since my drunken rant a few weeks ago. Yes, I was a little embarrassed that I let my secrets out like that. I guess a drunk mind really does speak sober truth. I wasn't ashamed of the men that I had chosen to date. I just knew that most of the women thought less of a woman and chose to be a side bitch. Tammy didn't know how hard it was out here. She had so many advantages. She was biracial, black and Puerto Rican, which gave her the exotic look that men in 2013 were going for. She claimed being black because she thought the shit was cool, but her daddy was full-blooded, full-blooded Puerto Rican. Not only that, she was built like a brick house. She had advantages when it came to men that I didn't, so of course I wouldn't get, she wouldn't give me the shameless, shameful-ass look when she heard of my indiscretions. She didn't know how it was to pull tricks and play games to get a man's attention because she always had their attention. She didn't know how it was to be cool being the bitch on the side because she was always the main bitch. 
But I hooked up with her on Wednesday to specifically let her know that I had a man and that I was that was all my own now. No, Amari, I hadn't made our relationship official yet, but he was mine. I knew the day would be become official was coming soon. What's up, Simone? Took you long enough. I met Tammy at a bar down on Lake Street. She refused to go anywhere in the city because she was still hiding from Jimmy, who was still yet to be caught by the police. I'm sorry, girl. I told her as I sat on the bar next to her. Traffic was horrible. How you feeling? Tammy rolled her eyes. She had the same solemn look on her face as she had the last time I saw her. Despite being sad, she looked pretty, as always. She had the stretched straight leg high waist, light blue jeans with a white cami, and a white peak toe, toe five-inch five pumps. Five-inch you know, five pumps. The whole outfit magnified her double-D breasts and 30-inch waist and 44-inch hips. Her hair was in a messy bun. She had on a little makeup, but her skin was so pretty that it didn't need much. I envied her. I feel like I look like her. I feel like if I look like her, get a man be nothing. Uh, get a man that loved me enough to commit would be nothing. Wouldn't have to be so damn hard. Hell, Jimmy wanted to kill her. Just because she didn't want to be with any, because he didn't want her to be with anyone else. Yet Trey was willing to damn near keep me away from him. I've been okay, I guess. Been cooped up in the house. I wish I, they would find Jimmy crazy ass so I could get my life back to normal. Do we have any leads? With the hard roller eye, Tammy answered, no. However, I can say that they are diligently looking for him. I don't need them looking for him, though. I need them to find him. I can't be living my life looking over my shoulder. This whack-ass restraining order doesn't mean a goddamn thing. It's like playing rock, paper, scissors, but except for scissors, the motherfucker has a gun. Simone keeps on hating. party people this is the last time around for this episode um just got a couple things to get in here man just a couple things to get up in this just joint i'm sorry didn't mean to do that but um that's a lot of topics that are circulating on the you know circulating the mainstream news um one being you know these states trying to i think i talked about on the last show these states trying to pass these laws, man. These abortion laws, right? And they're doing it under under auspice of being pro-life. And, you know, they're just crazy. Because how... And, and, I, and I bring this to Facebook because Facebook is where 
I see a lot of people have a commentary because Facebook can be a one-way discussion depending on how you use it. And, uh, you know, I have certain people that ain't got to the point to where I just want to block them all the time or just unfollow them so I don't see their posts. But, you know, I noticed recently, man, it's just like there's a few people on my timeline or a few people that I, I know personally. Because, again, Facebook is a lot of times, for me, people I know personally, that the only political issues that they decide to even voice their opinion on be based around abortion and LBGT news. Like, if there's something that either one of those regards coming up, they they got the loudest voices, and they, they'll, they'll get real fucking... They'll get real defensive. Well, I ain't gonna say defensive. They get on go aggressive, man. They go in attack mode with you on this stance. And, you know, this is right. I really want to know where what this is based in, man. Because I just, I just sit there and look at things, man. I was just like, that's a lot of things, man, that you don't have to worry about, you know. And, and, and well, I ain't gonna say worry about. There's a lot of things that you are discussing because you've been told to fear these things. For whatever reason, you've been told to fear these things. And it, it's, it's fear-mongering in the best of this case. But I don't understand why you have to fear, you know, have been in a country where abortion is legal, being in a country where people have the freedom to express themselves through their sexuality, and in and, and those ways, like, I don't understand why, what fear you have in that. Because if, I mean, I know a lot of people put it in their religion, but at the same time, I was just like, but that doesn't have nothing to do with how you worship your God. Like, those laws don't have anything how to do that. Like, if you don't, like, if, if you in your house or you and your family were discovered that, you know, that... You, that someone is pregnant, like in your immediate space is pregnant, then of course you're going to carry the, the child to term regardless of whatever because in your house, you don't believe in abortion. But they got nothing to do with the lady across the street from you. You know what I'm saying? Like she don't have to live by that term. Now you can do whatever you want to do. But uh, it just gets to the point that like, we just want to legislate what other people can do. And then they try to flip that thing like, well... You want to tell me I got to look at people being gay, look at gay people in the streets. I'm like, nobody said you had to do that. Nobody said you had to do that. And, and, and it just, when I see these things, it, it just goes back to when people compare uh, um, sexuality or, or, you know, sexual, uh, the sexual revolution or the, 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 the liberties, the sexual liberty people to respect yourself sexually to the civil liberties of people based on race like yeah man white people were using that same argument to say well you're saying that because you write laws saying black people got to be free that now i gotta serve a negro or now i gotta do this and now i gotta do that i'm like no that's not what they're saying it just you can't explicitly come out and say that you don't do that can't but white people, you know, what's so great about white people is, and, and race, is white people can move to areas where there are no black people and design ways to keep black people from getting in their social circles 
and operate themselves in a way where they don't have to have black people around. Where you don't have that, where you don't have that when it comes to sexuality because you don't know someone's sexual preference because one sexual preference isn't cut and dry like it isn't so defined a sexual preference so defined and to say somebody's this 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 like they have different types of orientations or different type of you know desires that you really can't put into a box you can look at somebody's skin tone skin tone and tell it's darker than yours but you can't look at somebody's you can't look at somebody and determine how how what their sexual preference is and it's just those things, man. You look at that and see how people try to try to shape that narrative. And you say, well, these are the only things you care about, though. You only care about people being... You only care about continually holding people's sexual, sexual orientation under the scope of the government. And you only care about holding women's rights to their bodies and their body autonomy under the scope of the government. But you don't care about a lot of other stuff. And they act like that, those things affect their lives. Like, it does affect your life if people are having kids or have been forced to have kids, which they wouldn't. Because, again, if somebody didn't have abortion, they have abortion. But if people were forced to have kids um, that they were not prepared to have or they were not, you know, just ready to do, it would affect all of us eventually, right? Because, you know, what's the first thing behind having kids that, you know, you can't, you're not prepared for? You know, assistance, seeking assistance, seeking uh, uh, medical assistance, uh, 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 financial assistance, some kind of way to help raise your kids. Because, again, you wasn't prepared. So that becomes something that the government has to design. And be be honest with you, the government wouldn't design a way to protect it. They would just find a way to provide a quasi form of assistance that wouldn't be enough that they can basically care for everybody that had needs or find ways to disqualify people. And see, that is like I tell my brother, that's what the jig is. See, you think about this. Some of these, same, you look at these same states that are writing these abortion laws. I guarantee if you go back and you find some legislation that they've been doing, they've probably been writing legislation to find ways to bar people from government assistance. So now you look at that. Now you look at that. Now we, we, we're doing, we work, we working within the confines to, to, to accomplish many things, you know, to basically hurt people. Because now if you're forcing people to have kids, but then you also find a way to disqualify them from receiving financial assistance or, 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 or medical assistance to raise their kids, now you're putting them in a fucked up situation. But we don't see that because we only care about abortion and LBGT rights, you know. I also see the, the speaking of the fear mongering and, and that is it, you know this we started no 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 let me go back because I I, I I I I was thinking about this a couple of days so this country has this thing where we know people don't like 
especially in the South because they have a history of it, but in, in general, people in this country don't like the government impeding upon their autonomy, their freedom. But they don't mind doing it to women, especially in the case of abortion. And I want to say that is we had four planes that were hijacked on 9-11. Hundreds of people aboard the planes killed and many more on the grounds in their Twin Towers killed in an act of terrorism that also led to this this trend where Muslim people or well not Muslim people, people who Arabic people and people who practice uh Islam have been vilified and become, have replaced the Russians as villains in media and we had laws that were written to the point that you can't board a plane with a yacht without going through some type of very, very invasive search. Um, we had policies that were passed that made the government surveillance of citizens very stringent. And even though it was inconvenience and there were people who felt like this was an extreme there, a lot of people felt like because of 9-11, it was a justified thing. Even though they had to give up certain freedoms, they found a way to, to name it in a way, the Patriot Act. To show people that this is, even though your freedoms are being taken away and these liberties that you've enjoyed for so long are taken away, this is for the betterment of your freedom and this is for your patriotism in this country. And that's why it was not as, it was not, you know, not, not as, it was not as challenged as it probably should have been in that time. Because once we painted the enemy as the big bad Muslims, and the big bad Arabics, then, you know, we got to take one for the team. But I find it very crazy, like a lot of other people out here, and, and you know, it is what it is, that it's very, very fucking easy for any uh, anybody within the sound of my voice, anybody out there that you are related to or you are that you are impacted by or you touch or you see, your influences, the people you influence, the people who influence you, just your social network of people. It's very easy for many of us not to have to be involved in anything that would lead to what happened on 9-11. Now, we might know somebody that was impacted by 9-11, but it's very easy to not be impacted. If you live in, If you don't live in a city then terrorist threats are probably not a big thing. You live in a rural area or, you know, just outside of a rural, uh, you live in a, uh, right, in a rural area right outside an urban area, you, terror threats probably not something. You're not as densely populated. Terrorist threats aren't something that you really have to worry about. Not, not the international terrorist threats that they sell on the news. You know, if you don't, 
fly on the regular. You don't have to worry about airplanes, this, that, the other. You don't take mass transit. You don't have to worry about people attacking the public. You don't go to public events. You don't have to worry about people, you know, bothering you and that and this, that, the other. Put the crossover in there. Is that even as a an everyday person going about your business, an everyday citizen, the one thing that, that has happened in these past few years, especially in the last 20 or so years, that can impact you, mass shootings. Like, if you go back and look down, again, since Columbine, and even though they've been going on since before then, but if you go back and look at, since Columbine, the various locations where mass shootings have taken place. And then you start doing that checklist of how many of those places you frequent in your day-to-day routine. Or how many times you frequent those places within a month or two. Malls. Movie theaters. Schools. Churches. Just to name a few. Those are places where people have walked in with a weapon, a gun, and just start shooting at folks. And these places have existed, these places are located across the country, different states, north, south, east, west, midwest, southeast, gulf south, mid-south, east coast. They've, they're everywhere. And these things are more, those events are more prevalent and they're more lasting. And even even to take it down a level, I guarantee you everybody within the sound of my voice and everybody in, in everybody that you come in contact with, you could probably find about 80% of them who could say they know somebody. They, they can name somebody off the top of their head who was impacted by gun violence. Like somebody whose life was taken away because of a gun. It'd be in the hands of the police, the hands of a friend, the hands of a foe, the hands of somebody random. They've been impacted by that. But with all that said, we don't have what are considered very intrusive or liberty-bearing laws on guns. Probably never will. Every fucking thing else that you can do to take somebody else's life, these motherfuckers will go to hell and back to legislate your ability to take people lives by those means. Not guns. Am I a big gun a gun rights advocate? Am I a big gun control advocate? No. I'm not that. I understand people want their guns. I do. And at the same time I do understand this. Guns ain't gonna solve your problems. The reason why people want to have guns, stupid. It's 
stupid. If you ask any 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 gun right advocate, the first thing they're gonna say is it's their right to bear on government given that right. But why? Because I want to be able to protect myself from whom the evils of the world. Oh, but I thought it was written out to protect you from the evils of the, the an evil tyrannical government. That too. Well, in both cases, the rule is always the same. He who has the biggest gun will win the fight. You think Native Americans didn't have weapons? You think they were passive people that didn't have weapons in the time that they were living freely in this country? No, it wasn't that they didn't have weapons. She said weapons were not fast as guns. White men came here with gunpowder and, and, and metal to fight against wood and string. So when you pull out your little automatic assault rifle, if the government want to bring you down with a drone, you ain't shooting the drone down, dog. They could crush your building. Your little nine millimeter ain't gonna do nothing when they have twenty two come flying in. You know what I'm saying? I've seen the house. Been on the house of company. Tell you something. The government decide they won't take level your city for whatever the fuck reason with a house of company. Don't matter how many motherfucking AR-15s you got in the garage, dog. Don't matter. It don't matter. But see, that I'm saying that, but they don't care about that because it's just a it's just a semantics of the thing. It's just a rom- the romanticizing of the thing of to say, I just want to have my fucking gun and just leave me the fuck alone. And it's crazy because I've seen people who in the military be gunning this. I'm like, dog, you was in the military, so you know what kind of shit they have. You know what I'm saying? Like, a 50 cal machine gun, I can prop that bitch up two miles from my target and take you out. Just consistently lay that bitch down. Like, the shit that the military has against other militaries, oh yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an iron versus iron fight. But if the government want to turn that shit on us, as civilians, ain't shit we can do, dog. There's nothing we can do. You think some of these countries, these third world countries, where they don't have as structured of a, a, a government as the United States, don't are loosey goosey with the gun laws where people can just get guns? Guess what? Government still get overthrown, dog. Dictators still rise up. Warlords still come through and slaughter innocent people. Take your fucking gun. See, I think people confuse themselves to think that, well, there's enough of us with guns, we can fight the government. Not really. Not really. I'm not, see, I'm not one of these people, one, that, that trust the government, one, black, I'm in America, government doesn't fuck their shit since people, and I've seen some of the shit that didn't history. Hey, man, Nagasaki's real. So if your little community of people want to get together and decide you want to rise up against the government, if the motherfucker in power decided that they didn't want to deal with that shit, they can fucking take you out by pushing a button. 
Ain't nobody ever got to show up on your doorstep. All I got to know is where you at. Within a couple feet. A couple miles. But we want to tell people who just want to live their lives. Hey man, I'm not ready to start a family right now. We won't tell them though. Oh no, 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 no. You lay down, you got to do it. But what if it wasn't intentional we lay down? You know, because now you want to go in and you want to, you want to, you want to, you want to make intercourse is such a sacred thing that it's only supposed to be done for procreation. Like, fuck you, dog. You don't get to tell me what to do in my bedroom. You, you can't have contraceptives. Yeah, ooh, like, shit, they take the contraceptives. When are they going to take the condoms? This is the only reason why they're not trying to take condoms because condoms have this this uh, this stigma for stopping sexual transmitted diseases. And as long as it has that stigma, they can't really justify taking condoms. But they can they can draw a direct line between uh, birth control and, and and stopping of babies being born. You know they can't do that with con- they can do it with condoms, but they still got that sexual transmitted disease. Like if sexual transmitted disease wasn't a thing, they'd got rid of condoms. Or they'd be trying. I'll say that they'd be trying. And also, also the thing about condoms is they don't they can't really draw a comparison or a straight line from you know um, medical insurance to the purchase of condoms because a lot of people just think when they purchase condoms out of their own income, out of their pocket. But, you know, if it came to a situation like, yeah, your insurance cover, you get comfortable. All you got to do go down to, you know, your little doctor and say, hey, look, I'm sexually active and, you know, it's covered in your insurance. So that's that. Other thing that's been on my mind, because, you know, just watching um, a report here about domestic abuse and restraining orders and the useless the uselessness that they are you know order of protection that women can file and that was another thing that just got to me just like again going back to you want to write legislation to stop people from having abortions you don't want to do anything to give people freedom because to protect their sexual orientation then we talk about domestic abuse in orders of protection. And when we think of it, there's, it's traditionally going to be think of a situation where it's a woman being abused by a man. It happens in many ways, but it's usually going to be that way. And because that's how we're going to look at it. So I was looking at here, I was looking at here, they talk about in, in Memphis, you know, that if a woman wanted to file an order of protection against a man, that she has to go to the courthouse on, you know, during the week around 9 a.m., sit around until her case comes up and talk to the judge about getting the order of protection signed. It'll be a temporary order of protection, so it has a time limit. Um, to do that, she needs to know where the abuser lives and, you know, so that that person can be served. And that person needs to live within, I want to say Shelby County, but it may be the city of Memphis, but either way, it needs to live within a certain realm. 
And if they're outside of that, then she has to pay extra money to serve the order of protection to them. And I'm just looking at this like, I understand that you just can't bring a policeman over to this woman's house and just wait till this nigga show up. Put You're doing the least of the least of the work, government. The legal system. The fucking serve and protect nation. You're doing the least of the work. You're not doing anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's doing all the work to protect herself. And then I know what ends up happening is they, they frame this thing to say, well, you know, women take these men back. You know, so we can't, we, we don't want to jump in there and just ostracize him from her because they take these men back. Or, you know, the abuser takes the abusee back. And we really don't give a fuck until somebody's dead. Because even when people go to the hospital, it's just like, well, you should have filed, you, you should have filed an order of restraint, you know, order of protection against this motherfucker. You know, it could have kept them away. But we don't, we don't get serious about that though, man. And I don't understand. And, and I feel like this, the whole system is to protect the abuser. Because we don't want to vilify somebody wrongfully. Because if we give people the ability to vilify people wrongly or vilify people, then people abuse that system. Abuse, abuse. Well, people will use that system to their advantage to hold other people down. And it just brings me back to the end of the day. Whenever we talk about these issues of what, why they're trying to do it, Look at the people who is going to affect and look at the people who is going to benefit. So when you're not processing order of protections against um, to, to start the abuse from happening in a relationship and these relationships are typically male abusing women. Who is the benefit? Do it for the men. Do it for the men in this situation. Because now I get to act without... I can act a fucking ass. I can act like nobody told me how to behave like a motherfucking adult. I can be a little pissy ass, spoiled ass, have my way all the time, motherfucker. Because at the end of the day, nobody's going to say... That I'm out of line because they don't want to be, they don't want to falsely accuse me, even though I've done everything and there's evidence that I've been out of line, or even not as evidence, but because you know, even though I might be just like the classic abuser where I do this shit, but I do it on the auspice of you don't know I'm doing it, so naturally, it's not gonna be any fucking evidence that I'm doing it because who the fuck is out here abusing their partner and just blatantly doing it to the point that where they don't give a fuck that folks know they're abuser. I mean, yeah, I call that a psychopath, right? Now, these motherfuckers are doing it because they think they're right, but they're doing it under the cover of they don't want to get caught. 
But we, you know, we 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 we're not gonna do that. We're not going to attack these people. We're gonna let them live and you know let them do whatever they need to do out here in these streets. Because if we go and throw them all in jail or we go and hold them down, then we have a problem where we're taking citizens who are worth or value to the to the country. Excuse me. Citizens who are value to the country and you know. putting them away for crimes that we, you know, that we may or may not be able to prosecute them on. It's not even about putting away for crimes, man. It's just be a fucking adult. Act like you got some fucking sense, as my mom used to say. You out here injuring and beating, trying to, attempting to kill your partner for whatever fucking reason. Because the reason don't even matter, man. It don't even really matter. Even because at the end of the day, because people are like, oh, she should just leave. No, motherfucker, you can just leave. You know, I'm not even sitting there saying, oh, the woman should just leave. No. you gotta, If your woman does not satisfy you, your partner, let me say your woman, if your partner doesn't satisfy you, they don't ever do anything that you want to do. They don't please you in the way you think they should please you. They don't serve you in the way serve in the way you think you should be served, you should fucking leave. But no, you want to bend somebody to your will. No. Take your weak ass and get the fuck out. Quit ruining people's fucking lives because you don't know how to fucking act. But this is what we are. Nobody has ever told people that. People don't ever understand. I see it all the fucking time. And this is not saying that I know people who are abusive. I see people all the time. They feel like somebody should should placate to what they want. Now, I know some of these people who are doing it are people who are coming from a place where they've never had anybody do that. And they've always been the submissive one. Or they've always been the one to kind of bend their will towards somebody else. I know some of, them that, some of that is that. But it's so prevalent now in these days, man. What motherfuckers just feel like when it comes to a relationship, it's what I want and we got to do what I want. And I'm here to tell you, man, either way you're looking from, whatever side it's coming from, male or female, it's some fucked up shit to, wait, to do. If you're a man saying that shit and you, for, you know, you kind of like coercing your women or your partners, and you say just women, your partners to do what you want to do, you fucked up too. And if you're women, you feel like, hey, I'm just going to, I'm going to make this nigga just jump and march and step to my tune. You fucked up too. Because it's not, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to tell y'all, man. That's not the way it works. You do what I say do. It's going to be my way to highway. You got to get the fuck out if you, you, don't, you don't do the way I do. It's not even saying somebody doing some old vindictive shit. It's just saying I'm doing the way you want it done. Okay, I went on long enough. That's time for me to get up out of here because I need to wrap this thing on up. Um, I'll come back with some more. Leave y'all thoughts, man. What do you think? Abortion laws, I know a lot of people going to... Well, I guess a lot of people. A good bit of people going to come back and say, uh, leave women alone. Um, people who only comment on those two topics, you know, it is what it is. So, if that's what you feel, that's the way you feel. We don't care. And um, just looking at how people deal with you know, these issues when it comes to sexuality, when it comes to how to treat women, when it comes, 
I ain't say women. Intimate, intimate partners. Intimate partner abuse. So those things. Um, hit the voicemail line 601-884-0125. Email off the grid at drbraces.com. Find me on your Twitter streets. I'm at Lonzo Harris Jr. I'm on Instagram. The page is at, excuse me, at Dr. Underscore Abrasive. Just, just look for us out there, man. We'll be out here. Thank y'all for coming through. Catch y'all next go round. I'm out. Peace. This has been a Dr. Abrasive presentation.